Hello and welcome. I'm Al Barrows, and this is UFO Disclosure, the podcast that's meant to show an average person's reaction to all the UAP, UFO news from everywhere and anywhere. Today I'll be covering some current events that have been happening recently, like the Amazon ring offer. Um, I also have some real footage of some UFOs over Puerto Rico. Um, apparently there's an orb... Um, drone camera that has a 360-degree uh, angle that has come out on the market. Um, I have a mini-analysis of the Nazca mummies. Help finally arrives for the Kitu tribe that has been plagued by humanoid um, aliens attacking them. And um, be covering Dan Sheehan's um, huge historic uh, plan uh, on the um, UFO disclosure. Timbershed also comments on the Schumer bill and much more. So Amazon's offering $1 million for anyone that can capture an alien sighting on their ring doorbell. Everyone is encouraged to submit their alien footage to Amazon's company where it will be reviewed by a special agency. If paranormal professional deems that video meets the scientific evidence theories, then a bunch of moolah will be awarded. Um, participants are also encouraged um, to create a hoax for much less money. Now, the problem that I have with that is that it encourages hoaxes. And there are way too many hoaxes out there already. Um, on the good side, though, there are so many people, including myself, that have ring doorbells, um, that the chances of cat catching a UFO or an alien have increased exponentially now. I'd like to also now show um, some footage um, of a couple of uh, jet fighters over Puerto Rico that intercept uh, two UFOs. This was sent to me by my sister and was quickly taken down after it was put up. Okay, so this footage taken over Puerto Rico. Only on a short while before it was taken off the internet. Clearly shows Okay, so I just thought I'd show that uh, it's actual footage of real UFOs, what that might look like. Um, I'm, I don't expect that that's what the ring uh, footage would look like. Yeah, this came up, and I thought it was interesting because um, orbs had been uh, associated with UFOs so often. Um, and uh, there's an interesting drone that, that came out uh, recently with a 360-degree camera. Um, that uh, looks just like the orbs that, that often are seen uh, around crop circles. Very similar. I just thought that I'd show that uh, because it could uh, add some confusion to the whole um, UFO orb situation that Sean Kirkpatrick and Arrow are currently studying. 
there's been a lot of um, talk on social media about the uh, Nazca or the quote unquote Mexican mummies um, that uh, Jaime Maussan um, brought to the Mexican UAP hearings um, this past month. And whether there has been any real analysis. And I found this and just to show that there is real professional analysis uh, going on. And this is Dr. Mary K. Jesse from the University of Colorado Hospital. She's examining the X-rays of the Nazca, one of the Nazca mummies. Uh, this one uh, is called Alberto. Are atypical. So we have this bone, which is is the bone which would be up by your shoulder, coming down to your elbow. Okay, that one could be could could be a variant of what we know to be normal but the forearm should have two bones and we only have one bone in this in the specimen similarly as we get down to the foot you typically have two bones the tibia and the fibula and we just are seeing one there's also a atypical slightly atypical appearance of what we call the femur which is your thigh bone and where we're seeing some potential growth plates in the femur so this this skeleton is it follows some of the normal developmental patterns of a humanoid or mammalian skeleton but we're seeing some some variation namely in the number of the bones and this one i think we do have a decreased number of the bones in the hand and in the foot and then also a decrease in the number of bones in the forearm and and in the lower leg it looks like the entire spine, which would be chest cavity and the lower spine, we're bearing what resembles ribs almost all the way down, which is more reptilian in a way. If you think about a snake and it's, it's got rib-like structures all the way down its entire body. The other thing that's, that's interesting is the length of the neck. Um, it does seem out of proportion to the rest of the spine. The neck or cervical spine contains seven vertebrae that are generally smaller, and the thoracic spine contains 12. And I would say that, that the length here is, is pretty similar. So here is another one of the small bodies. We have very similar appearance with the very small chest cavity, very small abdominal cavity with what looks like ribs coming all the way down to near the pelvis. You can see the, the iliac crest, and then it looks like there's a rib at least right above it, if not directly overlying it. The, these densities that are in the pelvis, um, we know that they have calcium because they're showing up. We know that the, the calcium is, is more dense. Typically, when we radiograph eggs in a bird or or uh, in a reptile, they appear as, as very faint. They have a very faint rim of calcification. And in, inside, you have the yolk, you have all of the liquid components that don't really show up on an x-ray. So that would be my first statement about, about these structures, is that they are ovoid-shaped, but you would 
Not necessarily anticipated that they would be quite so dense. Although we don't really know how long these have been there. We don't really know if maybe they calcified later on. It's a, it's a possibility. But we talk about congruency of joint spaces too as being very important. And that means that it looks like one bone is supposed to fit with another bone. And just focusing on a couple of the specimens here in the shoulders um, and then what we can see of the hands, it seems to fit that congruency, which again, I think would be, would be very difficult to replicate. Okay, so I just thought that I'd show a professional's opinion on the Nazca mummies. Um, she referred to the eggs as ovoid shaped and that uh, they're calcified. I didn't necessarily call them an egg, but it's interesting that she um, said that the the way the spine was set up and the rib cage would be more reptilian. Okay, so this is an excerpt. Um, of a letter from a journalist and former advisor to the Peruvian government. Her name is Silvia Arispe Bazan. And it has to do with the recent attacks of um, the Quito tribe in Peru. As I um, covered in my previous podcast, um, the Quito tribe claims that uh, aliens had been flying around and attacking the locals and possibly even abducting them. There's also a myth about a Pela Cara, a mythical being that abducts um, people and peels the skin from their faces. So this is just an update um, on the police and government finally stepping in, and hopefully they'll do something about it, um, especially if it is just illegal miners. I'm not sure how much they can do if it uh, turns out that they're actual uh, extraterrestrials. Okay, so Dan Sheehan uh, was recently interviewed, and this is a, a post by Mike Colangelo, who uh, made that great uh, um, documentary on Seven Days with David Grush. He posted that Dan Sheehan has listed the milestones that will happen if the Schumer Amendment gets passed on December the 22nd of 2023. So remember, once the uh, Schumer bill or the UAP um, Disclosure Act is passed um, this into the National Disclosure Defense Act, once that is uh, passed on December the 22nd, then things go into motion. Um, the plan is that um, nine-person review board has to be formed. There are 45 days to submit candidate names uh, once the UAP Act uh, is passed or the Schumer bill. The president reviews and selects candidates after March the 21st of 2024. The hearings are supposed to be held. Then agencies have 300 days to cough up any UFO data from their uh, archives dating back to January the 1st of 1945. Any UFO data that is more than 25 years old has to be released to the public within 180 days after the review board receives it. Now, the president can decide to postpone the release of that 
uh, data. Um, going to play a little bit of what uh, Dan Sheehan has to say. For the membership in the nine-person uh, UAP record review board, that uh, those are going to have to be prepared now uh, because they're going to have to go to the president because uh, President Biden is going to be required to present these names within 90 days of the passage of the bill. The, the first major date that we're looking at right now is December 22nd of 2023. This is the date by which the National Defense Authorization Act is going to be passed. Uh, and we're going to have to then see what the full form is of this uh, this uh, uh, Schumer bill getting put into that National Defense Authorization Act. I'm hoping that what we're looking at here is substantially what's going to be going into that act. So then we're, we're going to have to submit we have to submit within 45 days. I say we because our New Paradigm Institute is one of the groups that's been authorized by the statute to actually submit names to the president. Uh, and so that our institute is now working on a list of people to present uh, to the president. And uh, the statute uh, requires the president to review these names and to decide which of these people he wants to nominate. Uh, uh, he is authorized to select other people other than those that we that we proposed ahead a bit. message of the statute, which would be right around March 21st of 2024, uh, that they have 30 days within which to hold hearings on those people, just like Senate, just like the Senate agencies have 300 days, approximately one year during which they are charged with responsibility for extracting every single piece of information their agency or department has ever possessed since January 1st of 1945 and collating it and putting it into a format that is retrievable. Okay, so that was the 300-day plan. Uh, you have to wonder, though, it, doesn't that give them 300 days to then hide this data and material? It has digital recovery capacity. There's all kinds of has come from any of those government agencies or private military contractors that is more than 25 years old has to be released to the American public within 180 days. Wow. This covers Roswell. This covers Aztec. This covers uh, all kinds of the information that orders it to be continually uh, postponed. OK, and then then the the information is turned over to the uh, to the board. They have 90 days within which they have to file their report. Uh, they have to file a public report uh, that is going to be made public about what, how much documentation they've already acquired, what the schedule is for releasing all of this information, uh, and they have to get reports every 90 days. So there's all kinds of details in this statute that Stephen has, has, has made available to you now, is, up, is now posted, uh, and you go through it and you can actually figure out a calendar so that we have these points of, of December 22nd of 2023, we have the dates of uh, 45 days from then when we submit the nominees. We have the, the dates 90 days from that point of date uh, up into March 21st when the president has to submit it to, to, the, to the Senate. The Senate has 30 days to hold the hearings. This is, then there's another 300 days. We have a very specific calendar in front of us right now to answer that question of what's next. Uh, and we know that this is happening, but we're talking about basically one year. During that one year period, 
all of these agencies have to cough up this information and put it into the hands of this group, and then they have to release it within 180 days. This is, this is a huge historical event that is taking place right as we, we speak. And then any of the information that is withheld for any reason whatsoever has to go into a special program and they are ordered to present to the president a controlled disclosure campaign plan. That is the actual terminology in the statute. A controlled disclosure campaign plan has to be presented to the president. And all of this has to get done within a total of a seven-year period starting in 2024 because there's a sunset clause uh, on the life of this board. Okay. So a controlled disclosure plan. He pretty much lays it out there. And uh, Dan Sheehan is a constitutional lawyer. I thought I would include that because um, he goes into the finer details of the plan. And I'd like to move on uh, to Tim Burchette, um comments on the Schumer bill, if I may. Okay, so Tim Burchette is talking about the Schumer Amendment. And he says that Chuck Schumer is coming out with a bill in the NDAA or the National Disclosure Amendment Act. Uh, and all the UFO people are get, going crazy. That is the greatest thing in the world. They're going to create the entity within the government Pentagon and anything to do with UFOs goes through them and they decide if it gets out. So if it's a national defense issue, a government security issue, they won't release it. So he's being pretty pessimistic. People are going here. crazy. This is the greatest thing in the world. Chuck Schumer's coming out with a bill on the NDAA, the National Defense Author Reauthorization Act, um, that will say that, uh, you know, and all the UFO people are going crazy. This is the greatest thing in the world. They're going to create this entity within government within the Pentagon, that anything to do with the UFOs goes to them and they decide if it gets out. So, and guess what? If it's a national defense issue or if it's a, a government security issue or whatever, they won't release it. Well, guess what? All of it is. Yeah. They're never going to release. That just puts another layer. All I'm saying is, brother, I can handle it. You can handle it. Put it out there. Let us. Okay. So that pretty much surprised me. Um, that Tim Burchette would say that um, um, after Dan Sheehan's uh, announcement that uh, everything was going uh, full steam ahead. Um, Tim Burchette, of all people, you would think that he would be a bit more positive. He seems to be steering more towards the uh, negative side now. And maybe he's become jaded. I'm not so sure. I mean, um, when Tim Burchette talks like that, after all his efforts in trying to get disclosure hearings going, you wonder whether we're ever going to have more hearings again or whether we're actually going to have disclosure. I'm going to see if I can share a clip that I have of President's reactions 
um, after being asked by several talk show hosts whether they know about aliens or whether aliens exist or have they ever come across any uh, information on aliens while they've been in office. Documents. Because of I did you go through the secret files, the UFO documents? Because if I Maybe. was president, that'd be the first thing I did. You know, it's funny. My daughters asked the very same question. They did? Yeah. UFOs. You've been the president. You've seen all the info. Are they real? The truth is that we've never proved one, but there are things flying around up there that we haven't fully identified yet. Would you be allowed to tell your daughters what was in those files? Uh, no. You would not? No. Now that you're out of office, you can do anything you want, right? True, yeah. Uh, but I'm not telling you. You're not telling <laughs> You're not telling me what? Are you not telling me that you looked at them? I'm not telling you nothing. <laughs> if I was the president, and it's unlikely that that is ever going to happen. You never know. My hand would, would just, it'd still be hot from touching the Bible, and I would immediately race to um, wherever they hold, have the files uh, about Area 51 and the UFOs, yeah. and I'd go through everything to find out what happened. Right. Did you do that? That's why you will not be president. Because <laughs> uh, that's, that, that's, that, that's the first thing that you would do. Um. If you become president, are you really going to tell the truth about UFOs? I have said I want to open the files as much as we can. But there are enough stories out there that I don't think everybody is just sitting, you know, in their kitchen making them up. Recently, when UFOs came up on Jimmy Kimmel, she corrected his terminology. And, you know, there's a new name. It's unexplained aerial phenomenon all this talk about dem aliens uh with uh the the you know what are the uafs or whatever they call them you know all the footage and the, everyone talking about it it's like sure. but i was wondering if you have a theory about that <laughs> well uh when it when it comes to the aliens uh there's some things i just can't tell you uh, on air <laughs> um, what's your viewpoint on what these objects uh, that seem to defy all laws of physics are. Well, first of all, that's a, that's a legitimate question now. The short answer, but not the most meaningful one, is I don't know about this, but when I was president and I had a chief of staff, John Podesta, who loves science fiction, we made every attempt to find out everything about Roswell. And, I, and we also sent people to Area 51 to make sure there were no aliens in a deep, there's no aliens as I know. So did you look? Did you see? Did you explore? I, I, I can't reveal anything. Oh, really? Because President Clinton said he did go right in and he did check and there was nothing. Well, you know, that's, that's what we're instructed to say. <laughs> Are there really great secrets that you know that you can't share with people? Yeah. Yeah, there are. Uh, and you never write about them? No. It, maybe at a time in your life when no. you're like, oh, I'm 90, I'm going to do it. No. No, nothing. What if, you, what if you were to get like a little like loopy, you know? You get old and... Start drinking you again? Start, yeah, start drinking again. Uh, yes, right there. Obama. I asked Obama if aliens were real. UFOs? Any UFOs? Did you ask about that? I certainly asked about it. And? Can't tell you. Sorry. Okay. 
All right, I'll take that as a yes. He said he wouldn't answer the question. I said, well, that's a yes. Because if there were none, you'd say there was none, right? <laughs> you just played your hand. I thought you were a poker player. You just won 100% showed your river card. Feel, feel free to think that. I do. <laughs> I, do. <laughs> I was just thinking about that the other day. Was it just like, wasn't it just like a year ago that we got the report? And, and then yes. the people, like members, like the secretary of the Navy or something went on on 60 Minutes and said, yeah, it's real. Mm -hmm. And we're all just going on with our lives. I know, it's crazy. How are we just going on with our lives when we know that there are real UFOs out there? I think they're softening up the beach. They're just like, okay, they handled the video and the proof pretty well. Now let's let them know that there are aliens because they're afraid we're going to freak out. Yeah. So he's pretty much talking about a soft disclosure there, which is possible. I thought that was very entertaining. Uh, reason why I showed that is because um, after uh, Tim Burchette's uh, reaction to the Schumer bill, um, uh, you start wondering whether we're ever really going to have disclosure. Um, now we have, um, unfortunately, we have a flare-up in the Middle East. Um, Hamas has attacked Israel, and there has been a declaration of war. Um, someone sarcastically uh, posted this uh, the other day um, about how Hamas actually planned the attack to specifically take away interest in UAP NHI coverage. And I'm sure that was done sarcastically. Um, and all my respect and um, deep sympathy to the families that are suffering in the Middle East now. It's just a sad situation all around that... Um, this can't be resolved diplomatically. But it also makes me uh, think about the Dr. Greer Press Club event back in the day, back in 2001, when he first had his first press club event. I'm not talking about the one that he just had this past July, which I covered in one of my podcasts with my sister. But the one that he originally had in 2001, the first press club event, we had um, all those witnesses that came out. Um, and what happened during that time, unfortunately, in 2001 also, 9-11 happened. And the um, press club event uh, took a back seat. Um, nothing ever went through to Congress and the hearings never took place back in 2001. Uh, here we are 22 years later, and finally we have one UAP hearing. I'm wondering uh, whether this uh, new war in the Middle East might do the same, might uh, place the UAP hearings in the back burner. Hoping that's not the case, but I couldn't help but see the uh, similarity in uh, both situations. I'd like to move on now um, and follow up on my last podcast 
where I showed my visit to Area 51 uh, front gate and back gate. And I mentioned um, that there were certain nefarious activities going on uh, behind those gates. I specifically talked about, uh, briefly mentioned uh, Bob Lazar having worked in S4. Okay, so um, in my last podcast, I showed video of me at the front and back gates of Area 51. Um, I showed a quick audio clip from the Art Bell show of a distressed ex-employee um, who had claimed that um, there was uh, nefarious activities going on that affected uh, large populations of the earth um, that uh, were going on inside of Area 51. I came across this article um, where the journalist Vicky Verma um, reveals uh, Bob Lazar's astonishing claim that extraterrestrials see humans as containers of souls. Um, and um, this was discussed on the uh, Joe Rogan podcast recently um, by ufologist Jeremy Corbell and the famous George Knapp. They discussed the possibility that humans were genetically engineered by non-human uh, intelligences for nefarious purposes. Um, and the fact that some individuals within the government are aware of this. Um, and Knapp himself mentions in the article that he knows someone of high ranking in the US military that knows about this um, and knows that specifically human conflict and specifically war, um, i.e. we have a war that just started now in the Middle East, um, Knapp says that uh, specifically war and human conflict is sometimes intentionally designed by a uh, non-human intelligence through manipulation. Now, during the podcast, uh, George Knapp discusses uh, Bob Lazar and mentions that Lazar was told while working on the quote-unquote program that humans were viewed by extraterrestrials as quote unquote containers of souls. Um, now this might sound bizarre and fictional to a lot of people, but Lazar himself said that himself. Another item um, that I'd like to share is um, a video that uh, features Rob Schneider. I'm sorry, Phil Schneider. Okay. So David Grush was asked during the House Oversight Committee hearing if he had heard of anyone being killed in the alleged cover-up of UFO secrets. 
And he replied, and I quote, I can't rule that out. I've heard rumors of that, but I don't have direct knowledge of that. Here's one whistleblower case Grush most certainly learned of. Phil Schneider, a government geologist and engineer with over 17 years of experience working on quote unquote black projects was undoubtedly one of the most important whistleblowers in modern history. Less than six months after giving a presentation where he exposed the New World Order agenda and how it connects with extraterrestrials, he was found dead in his own apartment with a piano wire wrapped around his neck in what most would classify a military-style execution. His cause of death was ruled a suicide. Listen to Schneider recount in his own words the most terrifying extraterrestrial encounter of his career. Programs, um, government geologists as engineer, structural engineer with aerospace applications, self-taught metallurgist. In working with the black projects, I was involved in something very controversial, almost totally unbelievable to most of you. I was involved in building another base inside of Dulce, New Mexico, which is Los Alamos Laboratory. On the southwest part of the Archuleta Mesa, we were in the process of the early stages of building. We drilled four large uh, tunnel-like holes. Some of them ran two and a half miles under the surface. Anyway, after we drilled all four holes, it took about a, two days to drill all four of them. And when you build an underground base, you drill four basic holes, and then you build you know, called stopes or cross-member holes across, and then you bla use blasting equipment, and you literally blast out or tunnel out or deflagrate or melt rock out. The equipment kept coming up broken. So we wanted to go down and we wanted to send somebody down there, a human observer, or human observers in this case, to find out what was going on. When I saw Green Beret and Black Beret people encamped inside of our geologist camp, I knew something was up, the gig was up. In this process, I was lowered down the basket of one of these holes, and about from me to this elderly woman here in the front was sitting a seven-foot-tall alien gray. The stench was worse than the worst garbage can you can imagine. I didn't waste any time. I reached for my pistol. At that time, as an engineer, I didn't have time to carry all the folder, all of one of these big submachine guns that all the sea spray and the yellow fruit and the outer perimeter and inner perimeter security people carried. I carried a little Walther PPK pistol with a nine-shot clip. Plus, you're in a almost like a spacesuit environment, and you're reaching for a gun. It's it's not the easiest thing to do, and then to pop a clip in it and start shooting. And I killed two of them. Yes, they're mortal, and they do die. However, in the process, one of them did this. I all I remember is that he just kind of waved his hand in front of his chest, and the next thing I know, this blue beam hit me and just literally opened me up like a fish. It was some form of electrical force because the kind of like hit, being hit by a lightning bolt, burned all my toenails off of me. And there was a, a green beret that was right behind me. But he risked his life. He shoved me back in the basket and hit the button and took me up. And I wouldn't be alive talking to you today if it wasn't for him. I'm forever indebted. He lost his life. 
66 Secret Service agents, Green Berets, Black Berets, crack troops lost their lives because the government, our United States government, lied, did not tell us anything about the alien threat. There's a war underneath there, and I'm d talking dead serious. The military's known about the alien question for the better part of 70 years. Right now, there are 131 active deep underground military bases in the United States. There's 1,477 of them worldwide. It'd take a year to two years to build each one. And now they're capable of building a couple of them a year uh, with sophisticated methods. My colleague uh, Al Bielik has actually been on some of the high-speed railways, uh, the Magneto-Leviton trains that connect all the deep underground military bases within the United States. He's been on a Mach 2 train and floats off of, floats off of a single rail at a, uh, three quarters of an inch off the rail, and we have nothing like this on the surface. Grim Lake is where the infamous Area 51, S4, S2, uh, it was later become the most secret base in the United States. We built out nine underground military bases there, each with an average uh, capacity, capable of basically a city underground, roughly four and a quarter cubic miles hollowed out underground. Now, boring machines, for instance, they don't bore. They literally vitrify and melt the rock, deflagrate the rock. It's a very sophisticated laser melting and deflagrating system. It reduces the rock to a powder and then melts the, the remaining rock as a coating on the inside of the base so you don't have to use gunite cements and other kinds of things like that. That's all, the, all old hat now. Phil Schneider gave most of his lectures in 1995. He gained a following speaking around the United States, telling people about his alleged experiences. Phil claimed that he personally knew people who also worked in black budget programs who were murdered, and that most of them were made to look like a suicide. There's a good chance that when I fly back to Reno, excuse me, to Vegas, I have to drive home. I left my car down in Vegas, I have to drive home alone. I'm scared to hell. On January 17th, 1996, after not being seen for at least five days, Phil Schneider was found dead in his apartment by his landlord and a detective from the Clackamas County Sheriff's Office. The autopsy report listed the cause of death as unknown, but it was later discovered that Phil was actually strangled by his own catheter hose. Was this a case of negligence or a cover-up? There's a number of you ladies present, so I won't gore you out, but uh, Al has seen uh, some of the wounds, and there's a few other people that have been to a few of my other lectures, and they can attest that I have been shot. Uh, I've been uh, run off the road. I've been uh, pushed off the road. Probably the reason I got shot to pieces and 11 attempts on my life is I am a direct threat to the entire system. The New World Order, the alien, one and the same. It's world takeover and the decimation of the population of this planet. There are nine races of alien populations. To look at a human being as a bag of food. They're not cannibals. They don't eat the flesh and the bones and all that kind of stuff. They use the glandular secretions of animals and human beings 
as a mixture of the vitamins for their food. They get high off of our adrenal gland substances called adrenal chrome. It's something like uh, cocaine to them. And you'll keep seeing more and more people disappear. Right now, there's 100,000 children totally unaccountable through FBI archives, cannot be traced anywhere. They haven't been murdered. Nobody's ever seen them. I think they're hauled underneath in some of these bases, and they are summarily done away with, and they are literally eaten. Now, that is a scary thing indeed. Deep underground military bases, extraterrestrials living beneath Earth's surface, a race that might not even be from another planet, but rather one that has existed here in the shadows throughout mankind's entire development. Is this the biggest cover-up in our history? Or just another conspiracy theory? We still have no definitive proof that any of these claims are true which is all the more reason why this just might be one of the greatest journalistic responsibilities of our time. And I'm not asking you to believe me in total. I am asking you to seriously do enough homework that you can go out in through the public record, through the congressional records, find out who's voting for what, and go from there. Do your own program. Do your own agenda and do your own speaking out, and if enough of us do this, there is some saving grace. Okay, so that was Phil Schneider, a geologist that was involved in building nine underground bases at Area 51, or as he call them dumbs. If what he says is true, um, we should all um, do our own research and find out what's really going on with this alien situation. I'm Al Barrows. This has been UFO Disclosure. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Um, I have a website, UFO-Disclosure. And um, you can check me out on Instagram at UFO Disclosure Podcast and Twitter at UFO Disclosure with an underscore at the end. Um, all my love and good intentions go out to all and my heartfelt condolences uh, to all the families that are undergoing all the trauma now in the Middle East. Um, I hope and pray that uh, the situation can finally be resolved diplomatically and that everyone will be safe soon. Thank you for listening. And I hope this is some form of a distraction and comfort to um, those out there.